Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. And right now, without further ado, here's Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How are you? I'm doing great. You can back that off maybe about that far. I don't want to have it get fuzzy because you have silver-throated tones. <laughs> it's true. What can I say? All right, go ahead. All right. Well, it's a little cold out there. It was six degrees driving over here. You know, aren't you sick of this? Well, you know, I went up skiing Saturday. Yeah. I haven't skied for a couple of years, but it was beautiful up there at Pomerel. Yeah. Sunny and... Good folks up there. Oh, yeah. Loved yeah. it up there. That's yeah. one of my... I've skied there since Did I you was, work up a sweat or did you You know freeze? what? I actually did. I had on too much. Really? And uh, being the expert skier that I am... <laughs> oh, brag, brag, brag. Jean-Claude Keeley. <laughs> hey, I'll show you a video. You'll, you'll be impressed. <laughs> I would love to. Anyway, uh, so, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the trail towns. Okay. Oh, you mean like Abilene and that's exactly Sedalia? The well, we're going to talk about Abilene. Abilene, that's oh, okay. the one we're going to talk about. Right. The, uh, you know, uh, when the cowboys reached the trail town at the end of the drive, the cowboys sometimes actually drove the herd right through the streets. You've seen pictures of that. Wait, it's been in movies, too. Yeah. And as soon as the cattle were bedded down, all except a few herd riders were free to go into town. Now, some unlucky cowboys had to stay with the herd, while the lucky ones got to go to town. And do a hoorah! (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about. Anyway, no matter what hour the noisy celebrators returned to camp, the relieved first shift guards guards would gallop off to town and salvage whatever fun they could through the rest of the night. Yeah. Now, it was customary to pay off the men as soon as the drive ended, and with money jingling in their pockets, the cowboys were ripping and rearing, ready to go. And after three hard months on the trail, you can't blame them for, you know, just wanting to get to have some fun. What can yeah, we and not have to be under the thumb of the trail boss. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, no cowboys entering the trail town ever permitted his horse to walk or trot. There was all at a gallop and a run. Uh, pistols were fired off and usually, hopefully, pointed skyward. Yeah, really, no kidding. <laughs> and with their horses' hooves pounding the streets, their bridle chains rattling, and their voices whooping and hollering, and, you know, they made plenty of noise. Why, we've done that and seen it in Burley. <laughs> that's right. You know, uh, and that's what happened unless they were frustrated by some undiplomatic town marshal that oh, uh, yeah, yeah. wanted to kind of put the kibosh on that. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, the usual first action of a trails and cowboy was to get a haircut, have his mustache or beard properly shaped and blacked. Yeah. Now, uh, so I am assuming they dyed it. And it looked really ugly on a blonde-haired guy. <laughs> it did. <laughs> you know, then he visited a clothing store for a new outfit. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, nope, don't be getting ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> so he went into a clothing store, came out with new clothes, right. hat, boots, 
usually embellished with the Texas Stars, and he was ready for fun. And you know the reason they did that is because they knew about three or four hours later they might not have any money left. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and here's a guy, he says, I remember like it was yesterday. His name was Teddy Blue. Yeah. He was a trail hand. Yeah. He said, have you heard of him? I have. Okay. I've got a book over here of some of the famous old cow hands from the okay. Old West. Teddy Blue's in there. Okay, here's what he said. Yeah. He said, I had a new white Stetson hat yep. that I paid $10 for and new pants that cost $12 Whoa. and a good shirt and fancy boots. They had colored tops, red and blue, with a half moon and a star on them. Right. Lord, I was proud of those clothes. They were the kind of clothes top hands wore, and I thought I was dressed right for the first time in my life. You know, and as a matter of fact, I wish you'd have told me we were going to talk about this. I'd have hauled out some of those pictures of oh. those boots and everything. I've got colored pictures of them. <laughs> yeah, and I can just picture yeah. those, you know, the red and blue and the white. Oh, I mean, all yeah. the, anyway, so after drinking some of the strong whiskey, which uh, well, was... Oh, really? Yeah, I know. You mean they left that lemonade stand? <laughs> they, it's kind of surprising. They drank a little bit of that whiskey which came into town by the bucket load or so to speak (laughs) but now they were ready for the dancing halls oh my okay now the cowboy uh this is a guy named joseph mccoy and here's how he described the cowboy all right all right enters the dance with a peculiar zest not stopping to divest himself of his sombrero spurs or pistols yeah a more odd sight is not often seen than the dancing cowboy with the front of his sombrero lifted at an angle of fully 45 degrees, his huge spurs jingling at every step or motion, his revolvers flapping up and down, his eyes lit up with excitement, liquor, he plunges in at a terrible rate in the most awkward country style, often swinging his partner clear off the floor for an entire circle, then with an occasional yell, all this he does entirely oblivious to the whole world. Now, after dancing furiously, the entire set is called to waltz to the bar, where the boy is required to treat his partner and, of course, himself also, which he does not hesitate to do time and time again, although it cost him 50 cents each time. You know, some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they saw me dance, they might think it was a pretty awkward, oh my not God. a good sight. Anyway, oh, boy. So, well, so we're done with the dance, but most cowboys trailing into these Kansas cow towns were from Texas. But even those that weren't were still called Texans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm going to talk about well, Abel. You wouldn't want to call somebody that just finished a 2,000-mile <laughs> cattle drive. Hey, Massachusetts, come over here. <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah, any of those. So Abilene. Okay. Abilene really had no law. Well, the people in town decided to pass some ordinances and build a jail. Well, they posted notices along the roads leading into town forbidding the carrying of firearms within the city limits. The cowboys read the notices with interest and then proceeded to fill them full of bullet holes. The signs. Yeah. yeah. As soon as the jail was built, a party of celebrating cowhands rode into town and tore it down. Uh-huh. It was rebuilt under day and night guard, but when a camp cook was thrown in jail for being drunk, he was freed in a few hours by his boys. They chased the jailer, broke the lock, and rode away with the cook. You know, wait a minute, though. It's not a good thing to ever do something nasty to the cook. You And these guys were... They they got him out of jail, headed back to camp. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's a guy named Tom Smith, and learned he learned how to handle gangs while he was in. Oh, there's an odd name. Yeah, Tom Smith. <laughs> but he was actually 
uh, on the New York City Police Force. Really? But he was called Bear River Tom. Uh-oh. Okay? Bear River Tom. Bear River Tom's first act was to post broadsides strategically uh, in the saloons of the town. I'm not sure if that means uh, guns or... Uh, what, he said no guns allowed? Yeah. Oh. And they had a sign that said, all firearms are expected to be deposited with the propi- proprietor. Oh, my goodness. So, in other words, like today, check your keys of your vehicle. Yes. In those days, it was, you got to hang your gun up. Yes. And they had... I know what you're talking about, because they used to have these great big piece of uh, wooden plaque with the pegs on them. Yeah. And they used to hang the different holsters okay. up there. And he his first showdown following this was with a rowdy co- cowboy called Big Hank. Oh, he now, was, right there, you know. You know Hank is a bad dude. <laughs> anyway, he was wearing his pistol. Well, Big Hank uh, refused to, to deposit his gun. Yeah. Well, uh, Smith calmly stuck, stepped in, struck him a terrific blow on the chin, took his pistol away from him, and ordered him out of town. Wait a minute. How big was the other guy? Uh, I don't know. They big enough. Him, they call him Bear River Tom. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so news of this, uh, of taking out Big Hank, spread through the cow camps that night, and the next morning, a, na- a man named Wyoming Frank... Oh, okay. Okay. Came See, into, no, so, well, I'm going to follow the characters. We got Bear, Bear River Tom. Tom. We've got Big, Big Hank, Hank, who got whipped. Got whipped, and then we've got Wyoming Frank. Oh yeah, I want to follow this. He's now. coming into town wearing two guns. Uh oh. Okay. Wyoming Frank sought out the marshal. He received two smashes on his chin. This time, Bear River Tom took one of the challenger's pistols, beat him over the head with it, and told him to leave town and never return. Wow. Did they have Blue Cross Blue Shield? <laughs> I don't know, but Bear River Tom, he had, th- well, I should say he did have things in, in hand. But yeah. So there were no gun killings during Tom Smith or Bear River Tom's reign in Abilene. But uh, a local settler became enraged over a land boundary dispute and ended the marshal's career with a bullet and an axe. Oh, so whoa. it wasn't a cowboy; it was a a, a settler. So came some in, settler came in and shot him, and then took him, yeah. tomahawked him. Yeah, holy so, smoke! Now here's a guy that I showed you a picture of a few minutes ago. Yeah, was that James Butler Wild Bill Hickok? Did you ever wonder how come they called him Wild Bill? Uh, because James Butler does not. <laughs> No, seriously, yeah. where, William, you could understand Wild Bill. Yeah. But when you've got James Butler, where does the bill come from? I, that, you know, I think You're supposed to know this We've stuff. discussed that before, and I told you, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Hickok, he understood cowboys. Okay, And he after, uh, shortly became Abilene's marshal in 1871. Right. And he announced that the cowboys could wear their revolvers yep. wherever and whenever they pleased. And this was kind of a welcome change. Yep. Uh, from the rules that were established by the late Bear River Tom Smith. He died. He died. But anyway, uh, Hickok was a kind of a tall, graceful man and a spectacular gunfighter. Yeah. He patrolled Texas Street in Abilene by walking in the center, his long auburn hair hanging in the ringlets over his shoulders. Yeah, and he didn't wear a holster either. No. Did you know that? He, yeah, I, he had him in a sash. Right. And that's what I was going to tell you. Yeah. He, he was small, kind of finely formed hands and feet, almost a feminine almost appearance. Well, he kind of looked that way. <laughs> well, hair down to his shoulders. But yeah. Anyway, everybody, everybody respected Wild Bill as a quick-draw artist. He usually wore, as you said, a pair of ivory-hilted and silver-mounted pistols thrust into a richly embroidered sash. Yeah. His shirts were of the finest linen. His boots were the best. Where did he get all of his money? Uh, well, <laughs> 
his salary wasn't that great. Yeah. Okay. And so he kind of augmented his earnings by frequent gambling. Oh, you're. I see. Okay. I see. Okay. But he was popular with most of the cowboys, and uh, some other Abilene citizens were as colorful as Wild Bill. There was a guy named Josiah Jones. He was kind of a hefty. Fat. Yeah, he was okay. a big, fat, he's obese a, guy. Jolly saloon yeah. keeper. Yeah. Now, he kept a colony of prairie dogs for fun. Just What? Prairie dogs. He just kept them. For pets. For pets. In and the saloon? Somewhere. But oh. when Eastern visitors began offering him $5 per pair for prairie dogs, his hobby uh, became a business, and he had no time to run his saloon, so he hired little boys to go out and, and catch more... Uh, Prairie Prairie dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So he made a bunch of money. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, so what you're saying is today you could go out on your place and hire a bunch of kids to come over and catch gophers. <laughs> gophers, muskrats, I got oh, them okay. all. But uh, anyway, uh, this another guy by the name of Gore operated uh, what was called McCoy's Drover's Cottage. Oh. Okay, now this was an elite. What a nice name. It was. And it was an elite hotel, <laughs> 100 rooms. Now, I wow. whenever I picture a hotel in an old western town i'm yeah. thinking maybe 10 rooms yeah, yeah. 12 whatever 12? like on gun smoke yeah. you know 100 rooms had an adjoining barn big enough to hold 50 carriages this was a big yeah. place and 100 horses <laughs> now the texans really liked the cottages iced drinks because this was made possible because they had gone in the winter time and uh, cut ice from the river and then stored it somehow, like probably in some kind of a cellar. Uh, underground, yeah. 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 So to have an ice drink at that point, you know, uh, pretty unusual. But So here we come along with a good old friend of ours named John Wesley Hart. Oh, yeah. You know, John, did you ever notice that most of these guys had three names they went yeah. by? Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. But anyway, he got in. He, what was Wyatt Earp's middle name? Fred? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a stab. Okay, go I ahead. I don't know. So he arrived in Abilene in 1871. His reputation had already preceded him. Wild Bill had in his possession a handbill sent up from Texas offering a reward for the arrest of this 18-year-old boy who packed a pretty loose six-shooter. Oh, oh, oh. But... Uh, later, Hickok and Harden, they did have some trouble, Yeah, but no shots were fired. Wild Bill began referring to Harden as Little Arkansas. Little Arkansas, but he was from Texas. Yeah, I don't know why that Little Arkansas thing came You're out. confusing me on all your <laughs> names know. here. Anyway, they became friends, and Hickok is said to have told Harden that he would not arrest him for any crimes he committed in Texas, but if he killed anybody in Abilene, he would not get out of town alive. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. Well... Okay, so one night, Harden was in his bed in the American Hotel when a man unlocked the door, slipped into the room. Harden fired at the intruder and killed him. Well, Wild Bill came up to the hotel uh, in a in a in a uh, buggy. Yeah, okay, uh, they call it a hack. A hack uh, to investigate the gunfire. Okay. So the young Texan slipped out on the roof in such a hurry he left his trousers behind. 
Okay, um, picture this. If you think I'm going to make a comment here, <laughs> I'm not. Okay. So Wild Bill ran into the hotel and Harden jumped down into the buggy and drove away. He stole the first saddle pony he saw and rode off toward Texas, still minus his trousers. Yeah. Several miles below Abilene, John Wesley Harden took a pair of pants from an unlucky cowboy at gunpoint, ordering, ordering the man on into town in his underdrawers. Uh-huh. And he said, give Wild Bill my love. Yeah. <laughs> so, a pants thief. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can do a lot of things, but oh, don't steal did, somebody's why, pants. Why didn't Harden just really uh, stay there and review the facts? I mean, the guy broke into his room. I, You know, I'm thinking he was... Probably thinking, ah, they'll not believe anything I say. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, Abilene Saloons bore some pretty colorful names. Uh, the Applejack, the Old Fruit. There we go. Who's the, who's, who's the Old Fruit? I don't know. <laughs> um, and there was one that was awful, uh, obviously christened to appeal to Texans. It was called the Alamo. Yeah. And of the drinking houses, the Alamo actually boasted three sets of double glass doors and i tried to picture Three this sets uh, you, Double, why would you want to take a chance on glass I doors i don't know with I, those cowboys coming to town yeah i i'm trying to picture that in my mind and i can't quite wow. fathom but anyway the alamo boasted three sets of double glass doors a bar with carefully polished brass fixtures and rails and paintings all over the walls what was, kind of paintings uh, you know, probably bears and deer and elk. yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. All right, don't even don't, <laughs> anyway. Now every trail town had at least one photograph galley gallery gallery, and it was strategically located near a popular saloon because the cowboys enjoyed having their pictures taken. Sure they did, and you you know you've seen hundreds of pictures of the cowboys standing oh, there yeah. with their new hats and yep. their new belts and yep. Bo- yep. everything. But uh, anyway. Uh, one of the more violent episodes of Abilene's lush period developed over, around a fair damsel of the dance halls. Her name was Jessie Hazel, and she would Jessie Jesse Hazel. I don't have a picture. Anyway, uh, admired by a guy by the name of Phil Coe, who owned the Bull's Head Tavern. Uh-huh. Now, Wild Bill Hickok was also a rival for the favors of Jesse Hazel. Oh, my And goodness. these two guys got to be pretty bitter enemies. I okay? see. Now, when, when Hickok's, Hickok accused Phil Coe of cheating at cards, the inevitable gun battle followed. Coe was killed. Uh-oh. Now, this is a little disheartening, but during the confusion, Wild Bill accidentally killed one of his deputies, Mike Williams. Oh, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that in the in the Legend of Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah, accidentally. Uh, in the movie, and I can't think of who played Bill Hickok in that movie. I'll think of it in just a minute. And the deputy had yelled something from behind Hickok, and he turned and fired. And, oh, killed my goodness, the killed the deputy. Yeah. Anyway, in bloody- That was the beginning of the end. It was. Uh, in bloody anger, Wild Bill chased all the cowboys out of town, yeah. began patrolling Texas Street with a sawed-off shotgun loaded with buckshot. Okay. Now, so here we are, the year 1871, kind of Abilene's last big hurrah, big season. Uh, during its five-year reign as king of the cow towns, the small farmers, or the nesters, as the cowmen called them, had been pushing steadily west along the Kansas Pacific until most of the free range was gone. 
Yeah. So anyway, the cattlemen were considered natural enemies, and in February 1872, they were ordered to stay away from Abilene. Really? I've this, only got two minutes left. Okay, I'm about done here, so we're, we're right on. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they wrote up something, these farmers, said, We, the undersigned members of the Farmers Protective Association and officers and citizens of Dickinson County, Kansas, most respectfully request all who have contemplated driving Texas cattle to Abilene the coming season to seek some other point for shipment as the inhabitants of Dickinson will no longer submit to the evils of the trade. Mm. So the big boom collapsed immediately. They lost a lot of money. They did. And before the end of 1872, the town's leaders actually were begging the drivers and the shippers to come back. But it was too late. You know, we ought to make a list of these towns like Sedalia and uh, Dodge City. And Hayes, Kansas, I think, was another one. And then, of course, uh, you've got Abilene. Uh, Make a list of all those and do a little study on those various towns. Now, you know, a lot of people think all those cattle drives came from Texas up to, you know, this way. Right here where we're sitting, Zeb, there were some of the largest cattle drives. That's right. Went right along the the Snake River over into the Hawaii area. That's right. Why don't you do a story on that? I, I have I had a really good book on that, okay. on the Owyhee County and the huge cattle ranches okay. that were over there. i got to run. I know. We're late, but I that know. was really good, Doc. I was going to show a picture, but I, we probably don't You want to show? Which picture do you want to show? Uh, a picture? Yeah, he does look kind of, well, never mind. <laughs> uh, go over and show it on that camera. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you at home that just heard the crash, Dr. History's okay, and he's going to hold that picture up to the camera. Down a little bit, Doc. Perfect. Now a little closer. And down a little bit more, and that is Wild Bill Hickok. And uh, there you have it, with his long, flowing locks. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.